No, we'll jump. Like hell we will. No, it'll be okay. If the water's deep enough, we don't get squished to death. They'll never follow us. How do you know? Would you make a jump like that and you didn't have to? I have to, and I'm not gonna. Well, we got to, otherwise we're dead. They're just gonna have to go back down the same way they come. Come on. Just one clear shot, that's all I come want. Come on. Uh -uh. We got to. Nope. Get away from me. Why? I want to fight them. They'll kill us. Maybe. You want to die? Do you? All right. I'll jump first. No. Nope. Then you jump first. No, I said. What's the matter with you? I can't swim! What is up, everybody? My name is Jake, and you are listening to another episode of the Rotten Potatoes Podcast, a podcast where four friends sit down and review movies you absolutely should have already seen, and one of us hasn't. And I'm here with uh, three of my friends and two of my co-hosts. Mm. It's, great, it's great to be back, guys. Yeah. My name is Zach, friend of the pod. Yeah, I'm Tyler. I'm Scott. And uh, we're talking about Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid today, which... Uh, you you didn't let Onyx introduce himself. Oh, shoot. I'm sorry. Oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which is a, a title so long that I think Scott had to extend the sheet uh, that we used. I didn't. I just have it bleeding <laughs> underneath the next cell. <laughs> yeah. I'm excited, uh, Jake, that you picked this movie. Uh, so. I had watched this movie before. I'm like 90% sure. I have seen this movie before, but it had been so long that this might as well have been the first time I had seen it. Like, I remembered three scenes very clearly, both of the train robbery scenes and then the last shootout scene. Uh, but then, like, when we first started this movie and it was in black and white, I was like, maybe I haven't seen this movie, <laughs> you know, uh, but I it might as well have been the first time I watched it. And I really, really liked it. I think it's it's one of the more iconic Westerns there is. And I thought it was a really good time. I really enjoyed the dynamic between uh, Butch Cassidy and Sundance. And I just, I thought it was a good time uh, pretty much the whole way through. I thought, I thought maybe the chase was a little long, but other than that, I, I was on board with the whole movie. So Jake, you have famously uh, not only like said on the pod a lot that you, you know, have a, a special place in your heart for Westerns from your childhood, um, but you love them and you pick them a lot uh, to some mixed reviews on this yeah, podcast. Yeah, no, for sure. Like the ones like I, I, the, the problem that I've realized is I really like Clint Eastwood is my favorite Western actor. Sure. Uh, and you guys don't like him, which is fine. But like, those are the one I think about movies that I love. I'm like, well, let me pick a Clint Eastwood movie. But then I was like, oh, there's other actors and I should probably, and I've, I've like, there are other Westerns that I've seen that I liked and I just don't think about them because when I think about like my favorite ones, those are the ones. Well, and then also with, you know, uh, things like even uh, John Wayne with Searchers, like I, you know, I was pretty anti-Searchers. No, not Searchers. I thought you were pro-Searchers. But Searchers it had to be is, the Searchers. That's the only, that's the only John, John Wayne. Wayne. John yeah. Wayne. I was yeah. mid-Searchers, I think. Uh -huh. um, I'm curious, before we get too far into this episode, I'm curious what your expectations are. I don't. I don't think they're going to be that different. I think that, I think people might like this one better. Uh, there's more talking. I took that feedback, uh, <laughs> you know, like people want talking they want lines, dialogue in the movie. I learned that. Preferably. Uh, you know, I think it's a little bit more fun uh, than some of the other ones I've done. And, but I wouldn't be surprised if you guys were like, eh, I didn't like it. I, I would be surprised if anybody hated it, but maybe some people hated it and that's going to be what it's going to be. But I like them, and so I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it at least once a year. I'm glad you have measured expectations. Uh, <laughs> Scott, 
Scott, what do you say before we get to before we get into our our uh, overall feedback? Uh, you give us a little bit of the facts, real quick. What? Why do you think we don't like Clint Eastwood? I've said because you I hate like all him. of your, the Clint Eastwood. You any Clint Eastwood movie we've done, even ones I haven't picked, you guys have said you think he's a bad actor. I don't. I haven't said that. I you like definitely him. have. No, you I definitely haven't. have. No, I, no, I, no, I don't I think Zach did. I think really, it was me, and yeah. you kind of like semi agreed with me, but I don't think Zach. I did. like Clint. Eastwood. I, I think I remember very clearly you saying Clint Eastwood is a good director, bad actor. That That's was Tyler. Me. Oh, I thought Zach jumped onto that. That's me. I okay. say good director. I like. No, I like Zach. Clint. I think was more on your side. He defended Clint over uh, what's his name. Who was the person we were John comparing? Wayne? No, 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 no. The uh, <laughs> I don't remember. Is it, it, it just uh, open range? Open range. Oh, the, uh, Kevin Costner. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I remember we were in that like fight about Kevin <laughs> <laughs> versus. Yeah, that was funny. You know what? Uh, just to, to give a little preview, I think that I might have an actor that I think is worse than Kevin Costner coming up. So, like, is I'm, it in another one of my movies? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. That's a good guess for this season. <laughs> yeah, that's a very fair guess. Yeah, there's gonna be some negative, uh, some negative vibes on my episodes this yeah. season. Yeah, and I'm for it. <laughs> no, if I'm any, pretty for it too. I know how much Scott loves to make us upset. <laughs> like there, there have been a couple already this season. A couple of like maybe not hurt feelings, but just like sad moments for me and for Zach. Uh, Scott does not care about. I'm that. like, I hope they get a three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, yeah, Scott, Scott is the heels heel. Like, 100%. <laughs> All right, Scott, why don't you hit us with a little bit of the facts? Yeah, so this was directed by Georgie Roy Hill, who sounds like a uh, an, a murderer. His name kind. is George. <laughs> yeah. I was like, Someone you, put Georgie Roy Hill. <laughs> That's a typo. His name is George Roy Hill. I was like, you made him sound like a child, but not a serial Georgie killer. Roy Hill, who killed someone. I don't know who. <laughs> I thought you did that. Like, I thought you put your own spin on that. Like, no. I'm, I'm going to call this guy Georgie. Whoever, uh, whoever put it in did it. I don't think it was me, but it could have been me. I only read what's on the teleprompter, man. <laughs> um, this was written by uh, William Goldman. It released September 23rd, 1969. It had a runtime of 110 minutes. Rotten Tomatoes gave this an 89%. IMDb gave it an 8. Um, box office of $102 million on a $6 million budget, so very good ROI of 17x. It won four Academy Awards for Best Original Screenplay, Best Cinematography, Best Score, and Best Song for Raindrops Keep Falling on My Head. And then it lost three other nominations for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Sound. What What was the IMDb score? Eight. Oh, less than Warrior. <laughs> Jake, I think- if, if we'd lined up 100 people on the street and we said, have you heard of Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid? And would you say it's more famous than Warrior? No. 100 people would I was just taking a cheap shot. <laughs> Jake, I, I think you, uh, with this and with Rear Window, I think you're going to win for like total ROI this year. Yeah, and it's, if we adjust for inflation. I don't know. I got a couple <laughs> 1.5 billies coming up. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, but they were also big budget. Yeah, they were. Yeah, so I, I'm just saying ROI. Like, I think Jake's going to, that's not something that we've competed against with each other before, but I do think that Jake's going to win on ROI. That's interesting. I'll, I'll, I'll crunch the numbers. Can you adjust for inflation, please? <laughs> no. no. Can Sorry. You, can you do all that math? Please? <laughs> Sorry. We don't do that. Uh, so who all, I think the three of us were all late bloomers to this, right? I was. Yeah. Scott, you were a late bloomer to this. I was. 
Well, uh, Zach, let's start with you. What was your? Uh... I still won. Really? Oh, you still win? Yeah, I had a five X. Jake had a four X. <sighs> wow, it's, it's a close call. Uh, my thoughts on Butch Cassidy. Um, I, I so I didn't love watching the movie. I'll be honest. Um, but like I, I think that it was a good movie. I think the biggest issue, like the biggest hurdle for me enjoying this movie, was the fact that I'm watching it. 50, 60 years after the, after the fact, after it was made. Um, mm. And Jake, you had texted me that like this movie inspired David Fincher, who's one of my favorite directors to like get into movie making. And like, I feel like I can see why, like, I feel like there were moments of this movie where I thought to myself, if I was watching this for the first time um, on the big screen back in, when was this? 69, 69, 69. I think I might be like blown away by some of these scenes mm-hmm. and I mean, I wasn't alive back then, so I can't say how cutting edge the humor felt, but it felt a little ahead of its time. And so, like, there's, I think there's aspects of this movie that I I appreciate. I think maybe I appreciate this movie more than I enjoyed it myself. You laughed? Yeah. uh, Well, I don't know if I, like, laughed out loud, but there's moments where I felt like there was humorous parts. I didn't laugh out loud either, but I thought they were fun. I thought that there was, like, humor. Yeah. Um, Like, there there were parts of this movie that, gave me like kind of Tarantino vibes. There were parts of this movie that kind of reminded me of the Coen brothers a little bit and some of the Coen brothers comedy. Um, so I, like I said, I feel like I appreciated this movie. I didn't necessarily like enjoy my time watching it. I'd probably never watch it again, but I also, I don't have a ton of nitpicks lined up ready to just tear into this movie. Um, so I, I feel like I, I had a decent time watching this movie. All right. That's, that's good. That, that, that's, uh, that's one more win that I expected to get. <laughs> also, it's like, I'm not going to fight the notion that this is a Western, but it, it doesn't feel very, it, it feels very different than a lot of the Westerns that we've done. And so I guess I'm, I'm intrigued to talk about that. What sets this apart a little bit? Uh-huh. Probably just the dialogue being there. Oh, just that there is dialogue. I think that, that, that in my experience is a, is a very Clint Eastwood thing. <laughs> He's just like less dialogue, please. I, I feel like, I feel like him in particular, like he doesn't say much. Like he, yeah. he, he plays the strong silent type. Mm. That doesn't bother me. I like it. Scott, what, what about you? First um, time watching Butch Cassidy. Yeah. So this is my first time watching. So, uh, setting up for you guys. First and last time watching. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna uh, give me a second. All right. It's gotta go to space, man. <laughs> um, so, on Sunday of so a week ago today, I had three movies still to watch. I had I had already watched Too Fast, Too Furious, so I had all three of your guys's movies to pick from. And so uh, Carla and me were like, okay, which of these movies we want to watch? Uh, I had talked to her about John Wick. She was like, that doesn't really seem like something I'd be interested in. I said, okay, we won't do John Wick. Let's watch either Warrior or Butch Cassidy. And so we decided on Butch Cassidy. And so we start watching it. And about 20 minutes in, I look at Carla <laughs> and she's not paying attention. She's on her phone. And I was like, are you like, what's going on? And she was like, can we please switch over to warrior? <laughs> <laughs> um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, we could switch over to warrior. So I watched about 20 minutes of this movie. What um, would Carla think a warrior in total? Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I and I didn't it revisit it. No. Uh, Carla really liked warrior. Actually. I, I, she had a good time with it. Scott um, is shocked when he heard us talk about Bolivia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. When's Bolivia in this movie? Um, so th- 
it was rough. The first part of this for me was pretty rough. Um, the lack of any score. I'm so surprised this one best score because it had two songs in the whole movie. Um, and it was for about a grand total of six minutes of the whole movie. Um, the, so the first part was rough. I feel like after the second train heist with the explosion, all the way up until they go to Bolivia is the best part of this movie. Um, I think that I was engaged. I thought it was like well acted. I thought the writing was good. Um, I could see like the charm of this movie in that part. And then I kind of hated all of Bolivia. Um, I thought it ended poorly. So I I was kind of like split. Like I, I started off hating it. I was like, okay, like I get this. And then I was back to like, oh, why did they take this a different direction again? That's just because that's what happened in real life. I know. They should have just done it better then. I, I just felt like it didn't it didn't deliver what I was what I was hoping for. Interesting. Yeah. That was kind of my first experience of it. It was, I would say, probably up there as far as my enjoyment of Jake's Western picks. What what do you mean by that? He liked it. Out of all the ones that Jake's has picked so far, I would put it it's on one the, of the upper better end. Because he okay. hated Searchers as well, and that's the only non-Clint Eastwood Western I've... No, that's not true. I picked Tombstone, but I didn't like Tombstone. Uh, but you liked Tombstone. I liked Tombstone. There was another one you did that I liked. Searchers, I think I got... I gave like a seven. It was, it was Unforgiven you liked. I Unforgiven thought. I thought was decent, yeah. I love Unforgiven. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly was really bad, though. <laughs> Good, the Bad, and the Ugly is... It's pretty long. I don't, that doesn't bother me, but it's long. Yeah. So I got to Thursday and realized that we were recording on Sunday and I hadn't watched any movies yet. Ooh. Wow. <laughs> yeah. He Ooh. I had actually texted or I was talking to him. I was like, so we had plans on Saturday, which was why we originally didn't record on Saturday. We had a, uh, we had work to do. And so uh, those Saturday plans, work plans got canceled. And I was like, do you want to text the guys and see if you want to record on Saturday? And he goes, well, I haven't watched any of the movies yet. So I'd like to have that time. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, Saturday morning. Yeah. Friday I'm working all day. And then I have plans Friday night, Saturday morning. I'm like, okay, I've got four movies to watch. And I also like to try and like be fairly prepared on like, you know, to yeah. talk about it. And you so do I try your and research and then our research for us. Yes. <laughs> I, I try to, Sometimes. I like it. It's yeah, it, yeah, yeah. I, like, it's enjoyable to me. Like it enhances the movie experience for me. Um, and so, uh, Saturday morning I put on searchers at like, you know, nine 30, I'd been up for, you know, a, a little while, maybe an hour and a half and, you know, got, did my morning routine, started with searchers, put it on and pretty much immediately fell asleep. <laughs> Butch Cassidy, you mean? Butch Cassidy, I'm sorry. Immediately fell asleep. I woke up like halfway through the movie and like stopped it, rewound it, played it again, fell asleep immediately again. (laughs) Wow. Woke up at like the end of the movie. So caught like the, like I woke up when they're at the table at the end of the movie, the, at the, in the last village that they've just gotten the, and I'm like, dang it. And so I just moved on. I was like, okay. Like, so you didn't watch the movie. <laughs> this morning, okay. I woke up, uh, put on searchers. 
I watch Searchers to prep for Butch Cassidy. <laughs> prep for Butch Cassidy because it seemed more relevant to me than Butch Cassidy. No, uh, also last night uh, after I watched the other movies and did a bunch of research, I did do some research on Butch Cassidy and uh, put it on this morning and fell asleep. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely loved this film. What like what changed in between where you fell asleep and then where like where you were so bored you're falling asleep? I'm I guess just my mood. Like I guess it was just like what what I, I and I wasn't not looking forward to this. It wasn't like I was like oh I have to watch this. To be fair, Scott did tell me that he about the story of him and Carla not watching the first twenty minutes, but I don't think that had anything to do with it because Scott and I disagree all the time. Uh-huh. Um. But I think it was just my mood. Like, I just wasn't ready for that, whatever pace that so it I started lucked out with. I lucked out that you did that. Yeah, you, right. you lucked out that I fell asleep. I absolutely loved this. I, I had such a fun time. I will say, I don't know if it's, like, an excellent movie. Like, I do have nits to pick, for sure. Um, but I loved my experience watching it. And I frankly, one of the things that I learned about this, I think I loved it for the very, like, like against the director's wishes, uh, uh because against uh, Georgie's wishes, against Georgie's wishes, George, uh, at one point in like an early screening, uh, or not just one, but multiple early screenings of this movie. Uh, like the audience was like roaring with laughter and clapping. And he was sad because he was like, oh, I made this too funny. And he went back and changed the movie as a result. Like I, he re-edited the movie. I read that too. And I read a, a quote from him, which was on IMDb trivia. So who knows if it's uh, true. But I, apparently he said, they laughed at my tragedy. Mm-hmm. Uh, which I read that quote and I was like, I don't think you got this movie, man. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I like literally cracked up multiple times watching this. Yeah. I, you, you were like, Oh, you laughed at this. And I was like, yeah. Was I not supposed to? I was kind of burying yeah, the lead. Yeah, like yeah. I was, I was setting Jake up for, for the joy instead of for the fall. You know, it was, funny I knew that you liked it because you said you did a deep dive on it. Right. So I was like, all right, yeah. I feel like Ty was in my camp. Uh, but then maybe I set up the tots cause I, <laughs> I said that off air, but, uh, no, I, I really love this. I had so much fun. Uh, I a hundred percent see why this is not only the classic it is, but why this is the thing that like, that like Robert like named the Sundance film festival after like, I get it. It makes so much sense to me. Uh, I loved it. I died laughing. I thought the character chemistry was phenomenal Yeah, between Butch and Sundance. And uh, I, I'm blanking on her character's name. It's such a weird Etta. Yeah, I think it was Etta. Etta. Yeah, it was. Um, I love all of that chemistry. I thought it was so great. Uh, I thought the story, obviously it is a true story. And, and it's it's like, I read, a, I read a thing about this where it was like, it was true, but... I think what they said was like, I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want it to be like based on, I forget what it was. It was like, I didn't want to do the research. Like I wanted to tell the story I wanted to tell in this way. And I didn't want it to claim like this is real, but it was like, 
mostly real. Right. You know, and I loved, I mean, he's misquoting Fitzgerald, which is a, a nit I'll pick, but, uh, the writer said that he was inspired by to write this story and to, to tell this story because of F Scott Fitzgerald, who is frankly too often misquoted as saying, uh, there are no second acts in American lives. Uh-huh. Uh, and like Fitzgerald was writing about New York at the time in my city of ruin. I think that's the name. It's something my, my ruined city, my city ruined something like that about New York. And he says, I used to think that there was no second act in American lives, but obviously I was wrong because New York is, is living a, a second act. Uh-huh. Um, but I love that premise. I love that idea because these guys do, they had a whole second act that was frankly even better than uh-huh. <laughs> better than their first act. I love that premise. Uh, again, I have some nits to pick with the execution, but I thought it was terrific. I thought it was beautiful. I thought it was so well shot. Uh, I love seeing film remastered, you know, mm-hmm. like even good, the bad and the ugly, I thought was gorgeous, uh-huh. you know? Um, but I, I, I thought this was really beautifully done. I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Like I had a really good time watching it as well. And it, it felt very new to me because I really only remember the three scenes. Um, but then I was like, man, I don't know. Like me, like me having a good time watching one of these movies is not indicative of anything, but in my head, I was like, maybe they liked it, you know? Uh, but then I, <laughs> I had, to, I had to, I had to keep my expectations down on purpose because like, this is a good one. And I feel like it's, it, I feel like it addresses their complaints about my other ones. So I think we got this. Hmm. No, I, I think you did good. I All think right. you did good. I think you, you took the feedback, you processed it well, you delivered, uh, like yeah, a, we we will probably not do another Clint Eastwood movie, a uh, Clint Eastwood Western, unless it's the outlaw Josie Wales, but I probably won't even pick that. I just love it. I think we've done enough. I know, that's the thing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love him. I, I, I want another excuse to watch it. And honestly, I have to watch these four movies every month and then, you know, whatever I want to see in theaters. And then I've got to keep my girlfriend happy. So I don't have time to rewatch some movies I want to rewatch sometimes. I'll tell you what, I will make plans with you sometime to watch together Josie Wales. <laughs> It's you, long. You're not going to like you, it. <laughs> you have to be comfortable with me uh, occasionally commentating. That's fine. Like as much commentating, because uh, you and I end up when we're in theaters, we end up getting sat next to each other uh-huh. more often than not. Yeah. So you know my level no, yeah. of commentary in For movie. Sure. That level of commentary. Yeah, it's, it, it won't be as much as when I, I was watching another Clint Eastwood Western, I was making my girlfriend watch it, uh, two meals for sister Sarah. And she kept talking so much that I was like, let's just not watch this anymore. <laughs> no, but I won't do that. Be that bad. I won't do that. I won't do that, but right. I will commit to watch Josie with you at some point. All right. Well, that's exciting. Uh, you're not going to like it. That's fair. Zach, right. are you in? Uh, I'm, I guess if you guys invite me, yeah. You're invited. Uh, you're invited, but you're also not like obligated. obligated. I'd have to think on it. How long is it? I think it's like two hours, 40 minutes. <sighs> that, yeah, it's a long time. <laughs> I don't know about that, man. It's a long time to knowingly go into it, knowing your life will not be better having watched it. I mean, here's the thing. Like, I, I like going back and revisiting. Like, even this movie, it's like, I, it may not be my favorite older movie that we've done, but I am happy that I've seen it. And mm-hmm. I think that this is more iconic than that like th- this is an iconic movie yeah it apparently has won the most baftas out of any movie uh-huh. which surprises still holds me. the record yeah. yeah surprises me that what's that a bafta again it's like the british academy awards oh but like what i was trying to say is that like i i enjoy that process i just enjoy going back and, and taking stock of like 
a movie that was important at the time and it has like remained important. And I guess I don't really know if Josie Wales is that or not. Um, but Clint Eastwood Westerns are. And so if that's one of them, like just to even like see a movie within that genre, I'd be excited to do, but just two hours and 40 minutes is a big ask. If that, it was that's like a, that's a guess. An on hour my part. 50, it'd be like, yes, I'll do it. All right. Let me look it up. You guys, you guys vent for me. <laughs> uh, it would be so much quicker for me to just look it up <laughs> <laughs> yeah look it up Scott you could have no, looked it up in the time especially because our Scott producer over here is doing it on probably phone, have man. less to say also he told us to vamp you're doing a killer job uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was like I'm gonna stay quiet now and see how I long guess, it goes so, oh two hours 15 it's, it's, it's not two hours 40 that's, it's only 30 minutes better. longer than you said it's that's, still, that's a lot better that's 30 minutes is a long time for a movie oh I know that's the length between dialogue and good, bad, and not ugly. Not ugly? Yeah. Or it's Shut the up. length or it's the length prior to dialogue in There Will Be Blood. That's true. <laughs> how how true. long was uh Good, the Bad, the Ugly? Was that that was over three? That was like right? three hours, ten minutes or something. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. a long movie. That's yeah. a long movie. Yeah. I, I think that I could do Josie Wales. All right. If I'm not busy. We'll figure it out. Okay. What did uh what did you guys all think about the uh chemistry between uh, specifically Redford and Newman. I loved it. I thought that they were really fun to watch together. And when they were like, even though they were just like, you know, riding their horse, you know, back to the, back to their hideout. I enjoyed just listening to them talk, even though it wasn't even necessarily about anything. I thought they were just fun to watch together. I loved, yeah. When they're riding uh, back to the hideout and uh, he, they like, uh, Butch is like pitching the idea for like, you know, I'm, I'm thinking we go to Bolivia, man. Yeah. Like, it, would you have gone to California before California gold rush was the thing? And yeah. you know, that's Bolivia. Like that's, it's, by the way, this is, this is something mainly for Scott to maybe like this is that he apparently Butch Cassidy was the inspiration for Dutch in red dead two. And his oh. like, I want to go to Tahiti. I want to like, this was the inspiration for that character, which, cause I was watching the movie and I had to pause it and I'd be like, this, this guy feels like Dutch. And then I had to pause it and Google it, but hmm. like hmm. they nailed it for that game too. But I thought that was, yeah. Yeah. Not, not necessarily the historical character, but the character in this movie. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I really like Robert Redford. I think he did great in this. It's surprising to like, see how he carried himself in this and think that this was his first like big major thing. Um, I think they're, I think they had a lot of great back and forth. I think their chemistry was good. I did get confused sometimes cause I was like, Oh, I didn't know Brad Pitt was in this movie. <laughs> um, and then I was like, Oh wait, no, that's Robert Redford. So I, I've long held that, that observation. I'm sure lots of other people have, but I, I felt the same way in this. That really solidified it for me. I, that they are so, so I see what you mean, but. Like I know Scott was making a joke, but I would never confuse them for each other. But I see what you mean. It it's not just their physical appearance; it's also the way they carry themselves, their mannerisms, the way they approach dialogue. It's uh -huh. very similar, and it cracks me up because uh, it it's a not well loved movie, but I like it a lot. Spy Game, uh, starring Robert Redford against Brad Pitt. Uh, Robert Redford is Brad Pitt's mentor. Oh, is terrific. Uh, and it really highlights how similar they really are, in my opinion. That was one of those movies that was on my docket for this year that I pulled off, huh? Was it Spy Game? Or, no, it was I'd be Bridge surprised if you've even heard Bridge of, of Spy yeah. Game. It was Bridge of Spies. Yeah. Spy Game is a very, I mean, it, it in like historically, it's it's viewed as like a C movie. 
Mm. Um, I love it though. I mean, I love espionage, uh, especially like more accurate espionage. Like I do like mission impossible, which we're going to do this year. Obviously you guys know, I like, uh, James Bond, but I especially like more accurate, like what espionage really looks like. Uh, and spy game does that. It delivers on that brilliantly. Uh, and it's Robert Redford as like an, an old CIA, uh, handler, uh, kind of bringing up a new or case officer, bringing up a new case officer in Brad Pitt. Mm-hmm. It's really good. Um, sorry, getting back to this movie, I had a moment in this where like I, the opening scene, did you guys get, a, I didn't get nervous that I wasn't going to enjoy it, but I watched the opening scene in black and white and like the way it was going. Not just black and white, sepia. Yeah. And it was, <laughs> it was, and I was like, oh, I, I, I was like really a little bit upset that I was like, have, one, I was like, have I seen this movie? I don't remember this at all. And then two, I was like, they're going to hate this so bad and I'm going to get clowned on so hard that when they finally transitioned back into, when they finally transitioned into color, I had to rewind it because I was so busy being anxious over how much you guys were going to hate this that I had to rewind and watch that scene again. I will say that might've contributed to me falling asleep. Uh-huh. I mean, I stayed awake through the transition, but I was like, are you kidding me? And never <laughs> since uh, Wizard of Oz have I been more happy to see a transition between sepia and uh, whatever the color scope, cinema scope, color, whatever uh, they call that. I've n- never since Wizard of Oz have I been more excited to yeah, see that. One, once I was like, okay, one, I've definitely seen this movie. And two, I'm so glad it's in color. And I'm, I remembered right. Uh, then I had to rewind. And I was like, oh, that was a pretty fun. That was a pretty good scene. I liked it. But I couldn't enjoy it while I was watching it. I wasn't I wasn't like anxious or nervous that I was going to like. It, it felt pretty on par for like the kind of movie that you'd pick. So okay. Like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> okay. But also, I feel like it. I thought that it was setting up a much different movie than I was actually going to get because Sundance is like pretty threatening in that scene. I guess until he shoots the, he shoots the guy's hat or something like that or his gun. Uh What does he shoot? Gun. His gun. Up until that part, like he seems pretty threatening and kind of menacing. And I didn't really know anything about this movie. So I thought it was going to be like in that scene, I'm thinking like, this seems like it's going to be kind of a dramatic movie and like a pretty serious movie. And then it just wasn't that. I think to me, like thinking about it after the fact, I feel like it kind of sets up the persona of these old West characters versus who they were. Mm. Cause I think it was so, so much of a thing in the West, uh, in like the old West where like infamy. Yeah. And like, like, yeah, they like a biographer would follow somebody around. They would make up a bunch of stuff about them. Yeah. And then people would be like, this is this like legendary character. I'm so afraid of them. And I feel like it kind of like cut between those which I yeah. thought was interesting. It's kind of the inverse of the the audio clip from our last episode, the John Wick, where it's like everything you've heard is watered down. The inverse is true of the real Wild West. Yeah. Like it's yeah. like everything that you heard was probably inflated yeah. and like, blown up. Like he was good and you see him being good in the movie, but he wasn't, he wasn't the Sundance of legend. You he know? wasn't infallible. Yeah. Yeah. Like I loved the scene to that point. I loved the scene when they go to work for, um, whatever his name is the, oh, yeah. the old prospector. And he's <laughs> like, I think it's my favorite character. In the yeah, he's really good. I was like, awesome. shoot the, shoot the coin. And he's like, okay. And he shoots and he misses. And, and even, uh, even, uh, Butch is like, what the heck? Like he's looking at him. Like, are you gaslighting right now? Or sandbagging yeah. like that sandbagging? Are you sandbagging this right now? And then he's like, can I move? Yeah. And he's like, what? 
And then he's like, God, and he's like, I'm better when I move. You know, uh-huh. it's like, like a little bit like the mystique, uh, ripped away. Uh-huh. Yeah. Which is fun. I loved. Uh-huh. One of the things that I enjoyed watching this movie was seeing moments or seeing aspects of this movie that I feel like I was able to pick up other directors down the line, maybe taking inspiration of, I don't want to like connect any dots that aren't accurate dots to connect, but there were certain um, shots that felt very Tarantino, mm-hmm. the really quick pushes. So and like, even, sorry, oh, go which, ahead. Which shots are those? I just, I'm curious. Uh, like when the one, I think that he was the, uh, like the brothel owner, right? Oh, the old man. Yeah. That was like lying for that them. That sells, well, and then sells them out, like yeah. points very quickly. And there's a really quick shot, like a very fast push right on his face, mm-hmm. which felt like very Tarantino. I didn't think that at the time, but like thinking back at it, I see what you like mean. Like kind of an overly dramatic yeah. camera, camera um, shot, I guess, um, or camera movement. Um, but even the prospector, like some of his dialogue felt a little Tarantino-esque. Oh, totally. And just like that whole aside... And then I, I thought that was a really funny scene when he's like, you don't have to worry. Like they're going to be way up there. There's no coverage up here and instantly get shot. Yeah. Um, that, that seems leads. like, that seems like something Tarantino would have cast himself into. In <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that leads right into action. Like this, like humorous moment that kind of leads right into some action. Um, so I, I felt that felt very Tarantino for me. And then um, even uh, maybe less Sundance, but um, Butch felt very similar to Ulysses um, from Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I can see that. Kind of like this overly confident, but like kind of dumb. Everett was his name, by the way, but fair enough. I think it was Ulysses Everett McGill or something, oh, okay. but he went by Everett. Oh, okay. Yeah. But George Clooney's character from yeah. Oh sorry. Brother. Um, I appreciate you saying the actor's name because I didn't know either of them. Oh, sorry. Yeah, George Clooney. <laughs> I think because Ulysses was a, a adaptation of The Odyssey. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Um, when when they're robbing the train the second time and there's that same guy who they <laughs> really run into. Funny. And that was a funny scene. And like the way that he delivered that that dialogue and just his like Paul Newman's mannerisms in that scene really reminded me of George Clooney and O Brother Arthur. And it felt it had a, a Cohen Brothers irony to it that I, I thought was humorous. And that's kind of the that that's what I thought of in that scene. I thought that scene was very funny where they're like, there's no they're not paying you enough. Yeah. dealing with this <laughs> mm-hmm. and the, and I just like how loyal that worker was to his <laughs> to his boss he does it again yeah. like, is that you <laughs> yeah exactly like i that felt so cohen-esque to me and i feel like i wish i we could have got more of that like i, I feel like yeah. there wasn't enough of that in the movie yeah because uh, yeah on like to bring up something that you brought up scott um just how little score there is that was jarring to me. Um, the That's moments, my biggest nit as well. Yeah, the moments when they're they're being chased and it's just no no sound at all mm-hmm. um, was rough. Yeah, and, and yeah, it was, it was hard for me to get. Through. I would say the score and then the second thing for me, and I might be completely wrong on this, but the like uh, photo montage that lasted for like yeah. ten minutes. Yeah, I, oh, of their trip their trip to Bolivia. Uh, their trip through New that. York, like their yeah. whole time in New York. I was like, they could have just said like two years later and yeah. went to Bolivia and you, I would have been fine. Well, do you know what I was reading about? And I'm I'm glad we got that instead of what was planned was there was this big uh, moment planned where like Sundance was going to visit his childhood home in New Jersey and it was going to be like really dramatic. And honestly, I didn't, I, I wouldn't have wanted that in the movie. 
So I'm, I'm glad we got that over what was planned. It's interesting in that Georgie thought that this was <laughs> like a tragedy. Like he said, they're laughing at my tragedy and apparently like wanted this to be a little bit more dramatic because I mean, it just doesn't feel dramatic to yeah, me at like, all. And the strongest moments and the moments that I thought felt influential is the comedy, is the humor and the lightheartedness of the situation. Well, I feel like that's how most old tragedies are though. Like there is a lot of humor in like, I think of like um, Shakespearean tragedies. Like there's a lot of humor in, in those plays. So I felt like it was along those same lines. Yeah. The, the, in, in Shakespeare's language, I think like a tragedy is defined by the outcome, not by the journey. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think, I don't know that I've read very many of Shakespeare's tragedies cause I didn't, I didn't like them very much. I guess it's hard for me to compare like a Western film to like a Shakespearean play, but like, I guess I'm trying to compare uh-huh. this to like, I guess I'm trying to, what we would think of when we think about a tragedy. Yeah. Or like what would the be kind like- of movie that George was trying to make mm. apparently. And I, I don't think I've ever like, I, I read that after I'd watched the movie and I don't think I've ever experienced in my life something like so much that somebody made something that they didn't understand so much, I feel like. Or maybe... Or right, least, yeah. I agree, yeah. And I just, I can't believe that you can come in fully not understanding what it is that you have and still make something that I think worked as well as it did. Well, and not only that, but what I what I learned about this movie, about the making of this movie, was that uh, Hill was a very exacting director. Like, he went in with a very specific image in his mind and anything that deviated from that, he was very harsh about like very um, like a lot of the directors we've talked about, frankly, like even Fincher, you know? Um, But one of the things that he really fought to create was the on-screen was the, was the uh, not, not on-screen, but off-screen chemistry, pardon me, uh, between Newman and Redford. Uh Uh-huh. And it's like, if you worked so hard to make this chemistry between these people, like that's naturally going to lead to humor. Yeah. Like chemistry does not lead to tragedy. Chemistry leads to fun and humor and joy and happiness. And like, how can you be so misguided? And like, when you, when you think about some of the lines that are in the movie where it's like, this is like, this is just like pretty funny. Like when, when Sundance is talking to Butch before he's going to have a knife fight to the death Ugh. with his betrayal. And like, they're just like cracking jokes at each other. Yeah. And he's like, you should bet on the other guy. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> where's the tragedy in that? Like, they're just like friends having a good time. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, I, I loved that. That scene is, uh, in my top three for oh. sure. And even just the humor of like, someone say one, two, three, go. And he's like, one, two, three, go. And then he kicks him in the nuts and <laughs> slaps him in the face. And like, it's like, that's just funny. Yeah. hundred percent. Like, like what, what do you want audiences to do with that? If not laugh? Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that he had never shot anyone before. Oh, that was a really funny was, exchange. That like, was so funny. He's like, this is a really bad time for you to be telling me that. Yeah. But just even the, the pause that Robert Redford has before he says it, like he says it, it cuts back to Redford and then there's a beat where it's silent. And then Redford delivers that line. It was hilarious. Yeah. And to your point, Zach, I hadn't thought about this, but like when you were first talking about the Coen brothers, 
uh, and the similarities you saw, you were you were looking at Jake, which I was grateful for because I was trying to bury the lead a little bit. But I I was really like, oh man, you're totally right. I hadn't put that together, but I really do see that influence. Like, mm. and and I really do think this movie was so ahead of its time. Like, frankly, except for a few like maybe technical. I don't know, like technical shortcomings, which is just like, you can't hold them. You can't hold that against them. And maybe like, yeah, like the score choice like that. Like I, I think the score was terrible. I have no idea why this one, like there was more than three songs, but even what was there, I was like, eh, there was only one point in the movie where I thought the score was good. I feel like the lack of score was more memorable than the score itself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's interesting because I feel like, yeah, there, there's no song that stands out to me. Where I was like, I like that, you know, like we're like the good, the bad and the ugly or For, some, another Western has like such a, oh, sure. a score that just sticks in your head so much. Oh yeah. N- yeah. None of it was memorable. The only point that I was like, oh man, like I'm really into this. And a big part of that right now is the score is the Bolivian robbery montage. I thought that was a lot of fun. That, but the score, but yeah. the the like the vocalization that was happening there, it was just like a, I think an acapella, like you know maybe six or seven part vocalization, mm. and like I thought that was really great and it really fit and I loved it. Honestly, the the one I hated the most was the raindrop scene, which is so funny historically because they shot that not having planned to do raindrops, and then while they were editing. And and had like previewed it to audiences. They ended up adding raindrops after the fact, and it's now like widely regarded by like film critics as like one of the more iconic like silent sequences with mm-hmm. like audio. You know, I I had to like I didn't realize because that that's like a pretty famous song now, and mm-hmm. I didn't realize that it was. For this, like, like largely uh, in part to this, yeah. And so, like, I had to like Google, and I was like, "Oh, is this like? Apparently, this is a, a, one original song for this, right?" Uh huh. Yeah, I had no idea that this was for this movie. It felt we- like Butch's relationship with Etta also just felt weird to me. I think I kind of loved like it. All yeah. of their relationship with each other, uh, not Butch and, and Sundance. I liked their relationship, but both of their relationships with Etta was, was it was odd. very weird, like. <laughs> It was like a love triangle. It felt like a love triangle from Butch's side, but not so from Sundance. Like Sundance, like yeah, didn't seem to totally care. Totally didn't like, care. He was like, "Oh, I'm trying to steer your yeah. girl," and he's like, "All right, man, take her." <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Yeah, I don't know. But I, this... I don't think that he didn't. Like he seemed to genuinely care. I for think her. he did. And so, like, it was all. It was a very strange love dynamic, but I didn't dislike it. My read was that. Uh, Sundance was aware that I think both of them, frankly, were aware that each of them gave to her something that neither of them could give wholly themselves. Uh-huh. And I think it like to me, like it, it felt like it, it deepened my perception of the relationship between Butch and Sundance because neither of them was threatened by the other. You know, like they, they trusted one another so much and cared for one another so much that this could happen and it not be weird. Like to me, it was like almost like 
you know, Sundance was the the boyfriend and Butch was sort of like the gay best friend kind of a thing. You know, I, he wasn't gay, but like that was sort of the vibe, you know, like maybe there are some undertones. Maybe this movie's a little more influential than we think. And without this, we wouldn't get too fast, too furious. So it's kind of funny that it's kind of funny that you say that. So I was watching a super old interview with Robert Redford uh, and then a, like super old, like I, I'm saying like 80s like early eighties old, maybe late seventies, um, independently with between Newman and Redford. And like someone had brought up to Newman, like the idea of like, would you do, uh, would you do a sex scene with Redford? And Newman was like for a million dollars, I would. (laughs) And then like someone ended up calling Redford and like, Hey, like Newman, like that made news at the time. Like they were like, Oh my God, like Newman, Paul Newman says that he would do a sex scene with Robert Redford, you know, cause at the time that was high scandal and Redford, like a reporter called and asked Redford or, or posited that. And he said, what's your reaction? And there was a long pause apparently. And Redford said, not enough money and hung up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty hard. But I, I do think that they had like a lot, like not only the characters, but I think Newman and Redford had a lot of that sort of like bromance yeah. chemistry in a time that was like before it's time, you know, like where it wasn't appropriate to like even joke about things like that, you know? Yeah. And I like, I think, I don't know if we talked about it on the recording or before, but like uh, Paul Newman fought hard for Robert Redford to get this. And I like, I think it shows like they, they seem to like each other and just have like, have a good time. And I think it really comes through in the movie. Like, I'm glad, I'm glad he did, but like, yeah. I, Yeah. Uh, Redford was, was a no-namer at the time and, and actually at the time was being sued by the studio. Yeah. You mentioned that before and I wanted to ask you uh, on recording, what was he being sued for? Do you know? Yeah. So uh, Redford is like known as being a very flighty anti-establishment, guy like uh-huh. he's no he's no fan or friend of studios at, at, like to this day um but at the time there was a a big trend with studios where they would actually like make contracts with actors that it's like okay we're gonna pay you x amount of dollars a year over this many years but you have to do this many pictures and they didn't get to specify what pictures they chose, but they had to do a certain amount of movies. And it, it, that was just how the movie industry worked back then and, and television industry worked back then. And Robert was under contract to do uh, like three films over four years or something like that. And he broke his contract. Okay. Like he just didn't, like he kept declining movies. And then if like after he did, you know, picture number two, I, I don't remember the exact numbers, but let's say it was two out of three. Uh, he moved his family to Europe for a couple of years. <laughs> Jeez. And so the studio sued him for breach of contract because they're like, hey, we paid you this money expecting you to do this many pictures and, and you haven't done it. Uh-huh. And uh, so they like he was currently under suit for not for breaching contract. And so the studio didn't want him. Uh, and according to Redford, uh, they, uh, Newman like called him up and was like, Hey man, like let's get together. And they had lunch and just kind of hung out and talked. And at the end of the lunch, Newman was like, let's do it, man. Like, I like you. Let's, let's do this picture together. Because, uh, not only did Steve McQueen pass on this role, uh, but, 
Lightning McQueen did too. Lightning McQueen also did. Dustin Hoffman, Brando passed on this role. Brando was considered for Sundance? Well, Brando was considered to be part of the picture and they just didn't know. And it also with Steve McQueen, they just didn't know who was going to do which. Mm-hmm. And in fact, Paul Newman fought not to be, he wanted to be, uh, he actually really wanted to be Sundance. Huh? Because he didn't think that he could, he, he wasn't a good comic actor. And so finally the director was like, don't worry about it. You don't have to be a comic actor. Just play it straight. Do the lines, play it straight. It's fine. And Newman was like, okay, then uh, I'll play. And I'll I, play Butch. I kind of think that's what you need to be a, a comic actor is to like, I, I heard Brian Cranston, who I think is a very good comic actor. I know people think about him for other things, but he, he was in an interview. He was like, the key to acting comedy is to not think what you're doing is funny. So like, right. I think that might be why it's, why it sells. Why it works. Yeah. I, I agree. Like, yeah. And I feel like to that point, like, I think there's a ton of moments in Breaking Bad where Brian Cranston as Walter White is very funny. Mm-hmm. Situationally but, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But not trying to be. Yeah. No, not at all. Like Walter White is probably scared out of his mind, but they're funny scenes. Right. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, and and I think Paul Newman, I man, like I think he killed it as like the more comedic of the two of them. Uh-huh. Like I I thought he did amazing. Some of the funniest parts to me were um not necessarily like one being really comedic and the other one not, but like uh Sundance responding to or I I should say reacting to uh, Butch's incompetence in one most notably being when they're robbing the Bolivian jail. Oh, <laughs> I like, love that. He's speaking in Spanish. He's like, they're already against the wall. Yeah, that was really <laughs> It's like Sundance doesn't feel confident enough to speak Spanish himself, but he knows more than Butch. Does. <laughs> <laughs> so often Butch just didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I loved that. that. That was hilarious to me. Tyler, you brought up too that you felt like this was uh, a beautiful film and I would agree with you. I, I feel like cinematography wise, this was just another area of this movie that felt ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Um, there were moments that did feel kind of breathtaking a little bit. And I think that that adds to my sentiment of like, yeah, I can totally see why a young David Fincher would wa- watch this movie and think like, oh my gosh, I want to do this. That's what I think. Like I said at the beginning that I think the chase might've been a little long. Yeah. There were so many shots in the chase. Well, and I loved, yeah. I'm sorry, real quick, not yeah. only were they beautiful, but I loved in the chase that they kept like, like it was the recurring line of like, who are these guys, you uh, know? And like, and then, it was like, hilarious. I love the way they're like, you know, I heard about this guy. He was an Apache and he always wears a white straw hat. And then they're like, just trying to pick out these guys. I right. That was, and I, I was hearing about like how they coordinated some of these and it was apparently really hard to coordinate at the time. So then they kind of like, didn't necessarily know when the the posse from afar oh, was going to be riding up yeah, on them. Right. And they just had a lot of really fortuitous timing with a lot of those shots. Wow. Hmm. Interesting. I'm not surprised to hear that because you think about like now today we have long range radio that can oh. like do that. But now it's like, okay, they're going to start 10 miles away and be riding up. And we don't know when the camera is going to be able to really see them that well. Yeah. Which I thought like was like, I don't know. Like, I guess it's impressive, but it sounds like it was fortuitous. And like, this was almost like faded, mm-hmm. faded to be a classic mm-hmm. in some of those ways. It's interesting that you say like, it's, it's faded to be a classic, even though I think Tyler and Scott, I mean, sorry, Tyler and Jake, you both have kind of said like maybe against 
George's like uh, direction wishes. Yeah, George's direction. direction. And it reminded me of um, this anecdote I had read or heard about at some point of Mario Puzo. Uh, when he he wrote the screenplay for The Godfather, obviously it was based on on the book, um, but it was like his screenplay was really celebrated, and he wasn't really sure why. Like he was like, I, I he didn't understand what was so great about what he did, and so he bought a screenwriting book to try to understand, like to better understand screenwriting. And one of the first things he read was go watch The Godfather. Yeah, I heard that. Oh too. wow, yeah, really funny. and it's wow. it's interesting. Like it, it makes me wonder, like how often does that happen? To where maybe like the people making these movies aren't even like consciously aware of what they're doing, but they end up with like a, against their better judgment, something that ends up being really influential and important and loved and celebrated. Uh-huh. Or like, like David Fincher watched this movie and was like, I'm going to make amazing movies. And then he's like, if he got the chance to talk to Georgia, he'd be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about with this scene. Yeah. And what's also interesting too, is that like, David Fincher didn't go on to make movies that are really remotely at all similar to this, at least in terms of theme uh-huh. or like story wise. But still, there was something here that like really inspired him. Well, I'll one up you. Another one that I, I had read about that was particularly uniquely inspired by this film was Christopher Columbus. Oh, really? <laughs> when he discovered America? <laughs> yeah. Sorry, nice. Chris Columbus. Home Alone director? Yeah. I got it. Yeah, yeah. Isn't, isn't National he Treasure? Boy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he is. No, Roland Emmerich is your boy. Yeah, Roland Emmerich is. Yeah. Roly Polioli. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, 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 I really, like, again, like, I, I just think this movie makes so much sense to be as influential as it is because it really feels like, other than a few, this is what I was going to say earlier, and then I, I got sidetracked. Uh, other than a few things, I feel like this movie, if it were made today by Fincher, he wouldn't change much and it would be excellent release today with newer technology. And, you know, like, like I wouldn't recast this. I wouldn't rewrite this. I wouldn't, you know, uh-huh. I would have someone do a score like <laughs> a score, you know, like what if it was like RDJ and Tom Holland though? Damn you. You really you really just pulled the wind out of our sails. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you really did. That was a, that was a that was a screeching halt to my train of thought. But, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to retcon it and be like, yes, even with RDJ and Tom Holland. So, Tom Holland is Butch Cassidy and RDJ is Sundance or like what? Uh, or Tom, like Tom, Tom Holland. Tom is, Holland's at a Tom Holland. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and RDJ is the old man. Uh, he's prospect. Bros- he's uh, playing yeah, both. Or, he's playing both characters. Oh, so it's it's, it's gonna like be an Eddie Murphy, the Nutty movie. Professor, yeah. or something. Yeah. 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 No, I actually I agree. I think there's so much there that with a couple of like modern day tweaks and like changes, I think it could be re-releasable phenomenal yeah Yeah. re-releasable and and once again a huge box office success yeah because despite everything that i've said like uh, to scott's point i was pretty bored like for most of the movie to be honest i like i feel like i wasn't yeah yeah. i wasn't at all but that's interesting i loved like i loved something i don't think we talked about is i love how their plan was to go join in the join the Spanish American <laughs> war. And they're like, yeah, like, let's just, let's get away from our infamy and let's go join the war. And then they have this interaction where he's like, my real name, I forgot their real name. Yeah. yeah he's yeah. like, this is my real name is this. And he's like, 
I no just, fooling? No fooling. <laughs> I just remember Longbaugh was yeah. uh, was uh, Sundance Kids. Like they never they never thought to ask each other their names, and I, right. I thought that was really funny. Uh, but I I loved their and then when they like break in and they try to talk to that cop or that that sheriff. Oh, yeah, I thought that scene was very funny. I loved the bicycle well, salesman. Uh-huh. I I was cracking up at the bicycle salesman. You gathered up. the crowd. I thought I could just. <laughs> yeah. And then I loved the like bringing the joke back with uh with uh Newman throwing the bicycle like off like the future's for you bicycle. Yeah. You know, like, I, thought I did that was think hilarious. it was funny that the bicycle had a rubber tire when those weren't really. Yeah, a thing it was yet. anachronistic for sure. But um. The whole exchanging of names thing uh, we've seen redone in Open Range, a movie that we've done. That's true. I try to forget a lot about Open Range. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, like, it's this is a movie that, like, uh, paved the way for even influential. movies that I love. Very influential. Very yeah. affected a lot of other filmmakers' work. <laughs> Big so, into it. All in all, I think, decent pick. <laughs> That's the highest praise I've ever gotten from Scott does this, in my life. Does this inspire you to, like, do you think maybe I'll actually pick some more Westerns now? Do you think, I think you will know. No, you. Oh, mate. Uh, I'll I mean, probably, he's good for at least one a year. Yeah, I'll probably do did one you, a year. Did you think we would all really dislike this? Um, I thought Scott would hate it. Yeah. Uh, I thought there was a chance that you guys would like it. Okay. But I wanted to keep my expectations low. But when I watched it, I was like, I feel like they're going to like this. But I, I had to, I had to fight that in myself. Jake, I will say well done. And also like, this is not, uh, I don't think this is something I, I throw around a lot if ever on this pod. Um, but I would recommend this to everyone. Yeah. I, that's interesting. I don't know that I have been a single person that I would say you wouldn't like this. Yeah. Except I, for Scott, apparently. Yeah. But didn't there's quite a few it. people I wouldn't recommend this to virtually but, everyone. Huh. <laughs> Mostly just cause I don't recommend movies to anyone. Except for- I, I recommend movies to people quite a bit. And this is now in my uh, back pocket of movies that I would just recommend to anyone. I'm so glad I watched it again. Cause I, like I said, I really forgotten it. And I, this is something that I will probably revisit several times. I know Tyler, you said you don't really wa- rewatch movies from the podcast, but I've done it a few times and I'll probably redo this one. I don't know, maybe once a year. No, I did think uh, finishing this movie uh, this morning, I, I really did think, I was like, this is a movie that I would and will go back and watch again. Yeah, no, I, I the same thought. So, good good work. This, I'm not used to this, guys. And also, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of alluded to it, but I, I do think it's like kind of a fun, interesting thing. Like this this movie, in so many ways, really did inspire not only the things we've talked about, but an entire collection of films, literally everything made under the Sundance banner is a result of this movie because Robert Redford took his earnings from this and created the Sundance Institute, the Sundance film festival and the Sundance uh, filming location that pretty much every independent movie in the world that like makes it has at least some, connection he took his earnings from this is like first big break well he made no money from this on paper Uh uh-huh but like as a result of this he made a lot of money in the months and years after this because he like it was such a critical success Uh and decided to roll all of that into building this empire of 
creating a space for independent filmmakers to make independent films apart from studios. And he named it Sundance after this character. Uh, wow. It's what inspired him to do that. Yeah. That's pretty Which crazy. is insane. Like, yeah. cause the Sundance film festival is the largest film, fe- film festival in America. Yeah. Like it's nuts. bigger than Tribeca, you know, it's bigger than South by Southwest. And it's one of the bigger ones in the world. It's up there with can. And all of that has to do with what he took away from making this film. Sweet. Jake, you're up first. Oh, am I writing it? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm going to give this 8.8 gunslingers who can't swim. I got nothing. (laughs) Dang it. I was going to do something about that. Uh, I'm going to give this uh, 7.3 Robert Redford's who should have drowned. Uh, Tyler. I'm going to give this 8.1 blue eyed actors. Zach. I will give this movie 7.8, uh, bikes. <laughs> <laughs> this comes out to a 79%. Uh, once again, um, the, uh, Rotten Tomatoes gave this an 89%. IMDb gave it an eight. Uh, so we're right there with IMDb, but. Pretty pretty solid standing there. This comes out to movie number 60 out of 126. Right in the middle. I mean, I'll take it. Dead center. And then uh, next week, we're going to another classic. Just as influential. Just, Just yeah, equally. Yeah, it's... I mean, a movie with uh, a duo that has just as much chemistry, I think. Oh, for sure. And... Maybe more. They, yeah. They have a need for speed. And you know what? <laughs> Which do. is a different... <laughs> I was like, that, that's a video game. <laughs> It's also a movie. Is it a Need for Speed movie? I think so. I think they made one based off the game. Oh. <laughs> and and also, I got to say, sorry to all of our tots who've made it this far in the episode, that last episode we didn't announce ahead of time Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. And so mostly, we're not going to announce again. And, so, <laughs> and mostly, I'm saying sorry to Remy. Yeah. Sorry, Remy. Listen to this and then watch it beforehand. Listen to this right now. <laughs> there um, is a Need for Speed movie with kind of a stacked cast, to be honest. There was. It was... So you're saying I need to ditch one of these movies and put on Need for Speed? It would have been this one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I love building out the fast lore, so I I would not recommend ditching any of them. We need Too Fast, Too Furious. The whole world building aspect. Yeah, the world building. We got to build the world. That Vin Vin has compared to J.R.R. Tolkien, and I think that that's (laughs) fair. You know? Like... Dude, I think this episode is just going to be effed up.